Welcome to Teen Talk. It's a podcast for teens by teens. Your host for this episode is Murphy Houston. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. Proudly sponsored by Mountain High Appliance. Murphy Houston talking with Ritwick, my new friend who goes to Legacy High School. And Ritwick, we're kind of curious because politics seems to be, well, at least with older people, maybe your parents are a big deal. How about you? Do you talk to your parents about politics? Do you follow politics? Yeah, so my parents are somewhat politically active. I do have somewhat of a privileged life, so that means I can avoid some of the politics that I might otherwise not be forced to be involved in. But otherwise, I do uh, take an interest in politics and learning about what's going on in the world around me and how it might affect me, whether it's climate change policies or policies about how we'll be able to grow up in this world and how we'll be able to navigate this world. So it's definitely interesting to talk about those and also bounce ideas and opinions and general philosophies off of my parents or even my older sister, or just friends. Yeah. Hold, you have an older sister. How old is she? She is 20 and she is going to be a junior in college. Where does she go to school? She goes to CU Boulder. Oh, good for her. Good for her. So do your, do your opinions align with your parents and your sister? Do you agree on things? Do you get into heated discussions at dinner? I would say most of the time um, we agree um, because I I obviously like take a lot from my parents and my older sister. As the youngest person in the house, I'm obviously going to be influenced by them. And so, yeah, we do agree on most things, politically speaking. But at the same time, I also have my own experiences that I go through that my parents or older sister might not go through. So that means I get my own opinions and that might be unique to them. And then it's at that point where our opinions might clash. And it is very interesting discussions to hear that other side and kind of bounce your ideas off of them. Because, you know, they're your parents and your older sister at the end of the day. They're family, so you can just rub yeah. it off at the end. So well, it well, is you hope good. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you, uh, how do you think your parents feel about your political views? Do they think you're too liberal? Do they think you're too conservative? If you're conservative, maybe you're more like them and they like that. What? Yeah, I would say um, I'm more liberal than my parents, um, particularly because I was drawn to the liberal mindset or the more liberal mindset because of the future. The It's based on change. And in order to have a better future for myself as I'm growing up in like 70, 80, 90 years, I want to have a world that I could live in sustainably and health and with health, health, healthfully. Yeah, so. Sure. Yeah, that's why I was drawn to more liberal side of things. And I maybe have a more liberal view than my parents. And yeah, so that's why sometimes we agree on things and sometimes we disagree on things. Well, I'll bet. I mean, how do you feel about the way things are going now with the, with the current administration? Do you think they're spending too much money or you think it's a good thing or you don't care? That's the thing. Um, as a teen, I probably could just go through my life without caring at all. But if I go through without caring that I'm ultimately harming my own future if I don't take a stance and stand up for what I believe in so that then I can benefit myself and my future generation as well. So, so I feel like i kind of obliged to um, pay attention to what's happening with the current administration. And one thing that I've noticed is that um, the media has like very polarized the political spectrum where it's just Democrats versus um, Republicans. There's no in between. 
and you just don't listen to the person of the opposite political party. And I think that's a very counterproductive method because I've actually talked to people on the other side that may have differing views from me, and we're a lot more similar than we might think. And because the media might just plot us to put us against each other, when it really isn't all that true, we're our, we have the same moral principles and the same basic um, personalities. And it's just a matter of like just politics, which is one aspect of our personalities. So we're definitely a lot more similar minded than we might think. Well, don't you think both sides, whatever side you pick, all we really want is a good future for our country. And in my case, because uh, obviously I'm way older, my kids and my grandchildren. I worry about that. It's too late for me. I mean, I do. Cons- I get. I'm concerned about it. But to get involved now at my age is probably out of the question. But you're just beginning, so don't you think it's important? The bottom line, and you say we where we do get along is because it's the future of our country. Yeah, obviously. Like what I try and do when I'm discussing with someone that may have differing views from me is try and find a compromise. Try and try and find what we agree on, and then once we find that ground, then we can work from there. And then we can grow and bounce solutions off of each other of how we might be able to benefit the world for the future, whether it's maybe through climate change policy or um, economic policies for that matter. And if we ultimately work together and then have those compromises, then we'll ultimately reach the um, as close to a utopian future as we can get. But if we just stay here and just kind of treat it like a competition where it's like we're going to win over the other side. We have the majority over the other side. It won't be productive. And moreover, the solutions that you think might benefit you, other people will reject. So it, it won't be as effective as it might actually, you think it might be. So, Retwick, in your opinion, what is a utopic future? What would you like to see when you're 50 years old? Oh, that it does require like a lot of different things, but... I think it comes down to the bottom line of being able to live a sustainable, thriving, and flourishing life. So whether that's economically speaking, so that I can graduate out of college without the mountain that is student debt, or um, environmentally speaking, that I can go to natural, um, go to national parks and see nature for myself rather than see another factory being built instead. So it's just all these different uh, culmination things that different perspectives, maybe economically, environmentally, socially, etc., that ultimately comes down to us having a flourishing life where everyone is valued and treated and can um, grow for themselves. Do you uh, research topics? Do you go, okay, you see it on TV, and, and see if you agree with this part before I ask that question again. The problem is, because of cable, you have all these news stations that pick sides. It could be Fox, it could be CNN, it could be MSNBC, and they take different sides to a discussion. And then people find that station that agrees most with how they feel. Is that how you do it? Yeah, I think it's also, um, we in this um, atmosphere of media, we kind of have no choice but to research these points because... We ultimately don't want to just blindly accept an opinion, although it may align with our views. So sometimes when I see more liberal views on, let's say, my Instagram feed, I am inclined to um, agree with them because they're obviously on the same political spectrum position as I am. But I always want to stay skeptical and always want to check um, points out, check out research 
and see what ultimately I think is correct and what I think is the truth. Because ultimately, um, news outlets will have um, agendas or they might be um, unbiased. But in either situation, it is best to research these situations and kind of find out for yourself what do you think is the best um, thought, uh, thought and like the best mindset. That's a good thing to be doing. You should always research. So are you into social networking a lot? I would say initially I was. I definitely like connecting with other people and kind of seeing what their opinions were. But with the pandemic, I found myself kind of isolating more. I mean, physically and then also um, socially speaking. And sure, there is FaceTime and sure, there is Instagram and Snapchat and all these different mediums of communicating online. But I just found myself naturally drifting away from those and I found myself starting to more focus on myself. Um, so focus on what I truly believe in. And then and then once I find out what my true core principles are, then I can go and venture out and apply my opinion to different uh, topics, topic by topic. Sure. So do you agree when people like Facebook or Google, if opinions are put on their outlets, but they don't agree with them, they take them off. You agree with that? Or should everybody just have a shot at saying what they're saying because it's open to the public and you're going to get both sides. But if we don't agree with you, that's the America way. I think it's a very messy situation with uh, huge companies like Facebook and Google because although the second, uh, the First Amendment allows freedom of speech, these are private companies as well. And uh, the First Amendment says that the government can't restrict you. But private companies, it's a whole another playing field. And... It just is very unusual. And I mean, no amendment is as absolute. Free speech is an absolute. So if you are threatening someone else, for example, or you're trying to cause uh, mayhem, then obviously that's not okay. And it is the tech company's responsibility to take that down for a healthy society and not um, kind of an anarchist society. So yeah, I definitely think it's a very mixed situation. And there are some gray lines that definitely need to be worked out with future politicians that are more accustomed to tech companies and kind of can navigate that process. Well, you know that radio and TV are controlled by the government with the Federal Communications Commission. Do you think the social network outlets should be controlled by the government? Um, hmm. I see on one side that if they were controlled, obviously it's much easier to regulate things because at this point, Cyber communication is just as powerful as in-person communication. So there would be a benefit to controlling it as you can, um, you don't have people spreading hate speech around. It is more controllable just like with an in-person society. But on the other hand, it can become tyrannical or tyrannic, however you pronounce that word, where... Oh, you did good with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tyrannical in the sense that Whoever's controlling it, whoever's regulating it, um, these big tech companies, it can cross a line where people are just being restricted just for something that is completely, that would be considered widely normal, but it might not align with the company's political views or company's political agenda. So it definitely has to be handled very delicately, and it's kind of a balanced situation. Well, you know, I've been in radio for uh, 52 years, and we're controlled by the government. And I still have mixed feelings about that, how we handle things, things we have to do. 
it's interesting. It's a, a different way of life. And I personally think that they should control. If we're controlled, why aren't they controlled as far as social networking? Even though we're a private company, I'm owned by a private company. And they do that to us. And being in the media, I should ask you, do you have any questions about what I do or the media? What's happening in my industry? I guess I could ask... Um... So obviously you are regulated by the government and social networks aren't. So how, where does that line come where social networks might be completely okay to do something, but um, a news station or a radio station will be like shaking their finger? Yeah, well, we have rules we have to follow. And depending on what the situation might be, the kind of radio station you are, talk, music, right, left, there are certain rules you have to follow and regulations. And I think it should be the same for the social networking. Why shouldn't they be controlled? And why shouldn't the government say, okay, you can put, even though it's freedom of the speech, you really can't allow, like I can't go on the air and say every swear word I know. We can't do that. You probably could do that on social networking right now. And I've seen it. Shouldn't that be controlled? Yeah, I definitely think that there are, you, um, that over that line where it is past um, freedom of speech and it's like harmful or threatening or negatively affecting someone else that that's the line that you've crossed and that's when it should be regulated because ultimately when it's just affecting yourself then ultimately then it is fine but then once you're affecting someone else and once it's negatively affecting someone else then i think that's where the line has to be drawn and action needs to be taken by these social networks and yeah, it's just a very case-by-case um, -case situation. It's a gray area. How, yeah. It's what I call a gray area. It's, it's what it is. So anything else I can answer for you before I let you go here and do some real work besides talking to an old man? How have you um, – do you navigate um, radio when talking on a radio station? Do you navigate that differently compared to when you maybe navigate social networking? Oh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, when you're most – for the most part, unless I'm doing an interview like I am with you, if I'm on live, I'm totally in control. And I'm reaching, in the case of the stations here, hundreds of thousands of people instantaneously. So I have to be very careful about what I say. Whereas if I record something and I go, boy, I probably shouldn't have said that, then I could go back and edit and take that line out if, if need be to make it more suitable for my listeners. So you have to be very careful. And that's a training you learn early on. Yeah. And I guess I also have one last question is sure. as a teen and growing up in this media atmosphere, it can get very overwhelming very easily seeing a load of information like you have to care about or people are expecting you to care about so many different issues. But sometimes we just don't have the mental capacity to care about so many different global issues. So how have you navigated through that? And is it kind of a pick your battles kind of situation? Well, first of all, you have to realize back when I got into radio, computers didn't exist. Cell phones didn't exist. I spent more time in a library researching than I did going to college to a library when I did go to college. So I kind of grew with the technology. And also what determines that is the format you work in. I've tried talk radio, political talk radio. I was uncomfortable with it. I didn't like the way it headed. But most of my career has been in entertainment because I have fun with people. I love talking to people. I play music on my station that a lot of people like. 
And I like to make a lot of personal appearances. I like to MC events and be in the public. So you kind of choose what you want to, what direction you want to go. Like you're de- trying to determine to do, gosh, should I do uh, Formula One cars or should I do this? You've already made that decision. That's kind of what I did 50 years ago when I got into radio. And that's been very comfortable for me. So I kind of picked, and most guys do, or women in my business, TV or radio. What are you comfortable doing and what do you have the most fun doing? Yeah, very interesting. Thank you for answering my questions. Well, my, hey, thank you for answering mine. That was Ritwin, buddy, uh, but Legacy High School. I wish you the best. You're going to be very successful. You appear to be very open-minded, and best of luck in your future. Yeah, thank you very much. It was great talking with you.